0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 60 Cents Podcast. I'm your host Lucas with Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, uh, this was going to be a pretty choked podcast, uh, but some breaking news in the NBA happened, which we'll get to here in a minute first. But of course, before we begin, we have to talk about the Sixers and their games.
1: Yes, they are. They won their last two games by 63 points combined.
0: Yeah, definitely blowouts. And we'll, we'll start here with the Wizards game first. Now, excuse me one second. Now, the Sixers won this game 146 to 101. I do not believe that there was anybody on the injury report. Uh, Jonathan, let me ask you, what was the good in this game?
1: I think we're going to come back to this often with Embiid and Maxi Tandem. It's tough when you see no one else on the team scoring more than 12, no other starter scoring more than 10. Like, where do you go with the good? I think you really have to start with Embiid going 34, 11, and 6. Again, I will continue to reiterate his assist. His playmaking is incredible. 13 turnovers isn't great, but we forced 22, so we had some good uh, good defense. And, again, this game was never in doubt. We were up 16 after 1, 29 after, at the half. So they just got out to a hot start, which was great to see. And I think their their two stars just showed what we want to see. How about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a complete effort. I mean, there were some guys that you wish you would have seen more from, but the bench really stepped up. We had, uh, you know, outside of Joel and Maxi, we had one, two, three, four, four players in double digits, and everybody scored in this game that I played. So that 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 was all pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, we we'll, we can definitely talk about the good with Joel Maxi combined for uh, fifty eight points. I want to shout out Marcus Morris. Uh, He had 12 points in 12 minutes and was a plus 24. That was a big deal. And then also Pat Bev, uh, 12 points in 11 minutes was a plus 22. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kelly, I mean, yeah. So, like, the bench played great. Yeah, that's the
1: thing. The bench did play really well, and they shot extremely efficiently. If you look at their field goal percentage from the bench and – you just wonder, like, was this because they got in not just against the Wizards, but against the Wizards' reserves? You're playing a team that's 3-19. and You hope it's more than that, because if the bench can produce like this and shoot efficiently, but you really do have to consider the opponent.
0: <laughs> also, the Wizards actually just lost again tonight, so they're 3-20 and now.
1: Yikes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going for a uh... – hold up, is Cooper flagging this? No, they're going for Bronny James. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, Brownie's not going one.
0: No, he's not going one. But anyway, what was the bad for you in this game?
1: They got to us a little bit on the boards. I mean, letting up 13 offensive rebounds is not great. Our starters had one against their starters, so I think that just Embiid should be dominating that sometimes. He's drawn away from the, from the uh, paint a little bit, but... There wasn't too much to nitpick, really. I I think that that's just finding little statistical things that we could have improved on. But there wasn't much bad. How about you?
0: I mean, Tobias Harris only taking five shot attempts, having 10 points. Efficient. Not great. Efficient, but I mean, somewhat efficient, not great. Um, Melton had a terrible game shooting-wise, but I mean, he was pretty dominant defensively. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, there's really not much to talk about negatively. Nobody had a negative plus minus score in this game. Got to see some Jaden Springer in this game. That was cool. Um, yeah, not not too much negative to say here. Uh, yeah, it was it was good effort overall by everybody. So kudos to them. Who's your player of the game in this game?
1: Yeah, it's Embiid plus thirty. Biggest plus minus 34 points, six assists, 11 rebounds. Like I said, he didn't get any offensive rebounds, but he, and he had seven turnovers. I know those are tough numbers. Only getting to the foul line four times really does bother me. But again, he was aggressive tonight, so we can. I mean,
0: they didn't we, they we couldn't can. really stop him and they couldn't afford to get anybody in foul trouble. I mean, Mike, Moscow normally is starting think for you at center, then then there's a bigger issue.
1: Yeah. Normally you think, though, if they can't stop him, they would foul. But yeah, it's. Embiid was the player of the game for me. I assume you probably would say the same.
0: Yeah, I would. But, I mean, it, it's a little bit harder for me to say just because of the seven turnovers. But I, I, I'm I, okay with it.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's switch up to the game tonight. The Pist- the Sixers had another easy game playing the Detroit Pistons, who should be the worst – or are the worst team in the league by record. They're now 2-21 and 21 mm. on a – 20 game losing streak I believe. Maybe it's Oof. 21. One now. Yeah. Oof. It's brutal and we won 129-111 again with a 13 point first quarter lead and pretty much just held on from then. So there's a lot of good to talk about in this game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um I guess for me if we're going to go with good here, it's uh, Joel Embiid 41 11 5 2 steals. All within 31 minutes. It's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, he had 30 and 10 at halftime. Yes, he did. He was absolutely balling. I mean, that's, yeah, the good, I think, you can see. The he, he's starters. playing
0: against James Wiseman. I mean, not like he had in Isaiah Stewart. Which, by the way, do you think he was deserved to get ejected for that?
1: James Wiseman. Oh. oh
0: no, like, Isaiah Stewart.
1: Isaiah Stewart. I don't even know if I saw the ejection.
0: Yeah, it was
1: questionable. There have... I mean, after Jokic last night, which, and we'll talk about the other, but, like, the refs are a little too quick-whistled.
0: Yeah, it feels like they're trying to get a little bit too... uh, It just seems a little bit much. But...
1: Yeah, well, I would say the good I like seeing out of Tobias Harris, 7-10 from the field, 3-5 from behind the line or behind the three-point line. He's getting 21 points on 10 shots. That's just great that you want to see. And also Oubre coming off the bench. He looked like he was back into form, played some good defense, 17 points, three rebounds, two steals, really engaged, had a plus 18 off the bench, really, really good in 23 minutes. I mean, he's playing what? fourth most minutes on the team tonight and he just he looked like he's starting to get back to form. I'm not going to say one game's there cuz there were a few leading up to this where we were like maybe he needs a few more games but he looked really good and that's kind of what we need out of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh could definitely use that. Um What about the yeah. bad? Oof. Where to go with that? I'm going to get I hate to say it but it's Tyrese Maxey, man. 2 for 13, 0 of 6 from yeah. downtown, 9 points, 9 assists. The 9-assist is good, only one turnover, but still, for a guy who's, who's pushing, who's going to be almost an all, almost a lock at All-Star for All-Star weekend, it's not a great look for a young guy. But you know what? Sometimes you just have an off night. Everybody's allowed to have a bad game. I'm going to count this as his one bad game.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say this. Like I, I want to disagree to have a little back and forth, but it really is Maxi. He was struggling so much in the first half. I think he had, like... I, I don't know. He didn't, he only had nine points the whole game, but yeah. Oh, six from behind the three, mm-hmm. two of 13 from the field. He just couldn't find his, his rhythm, uh, especially against a team that's not great. I mean, I, I didn't think that he was getting like locked up. I just think he was missing some shots. So you're right. It does happen. And, uh, hopefully it's just a one game thing. The rest of the team was able to pick him up and obviously we played an inferior opponent. So no big deal really with, especially with them being, um, and, and who's your player of the game.
0: Well, before I get to that, I do want to point one thing out. You know what we saw in crunch time for the first time in a long time? What? Point Maz
1: For four minutes?
0: Yeah, the last couple of minutes of the game, yeah. When Pat Bev was out. What are your thoughts? Tyrese, Tyrese was out, yeah. You got to see Point Corkmaz. That was We haven't seen that in a couple years. That That was interesting. Didn't really make a difference, but yeah.
1: Well, before um, then, okay, on that point, just because that reminded me, I had a conversation with my friend this week. We were talking about the Sixers looking pretty good, and, like, what do you think they need? What are we looking for if they were going to make a trade, especially with some of the trade assets becoming available at, like, December 15th? Just, I thought, like, we don't really have a three-point shooter on the team, and the topic came, or the player came up with, like, Maz. I mean, I, that's not who you want, but, like, are we still looking for players to space the floor? Do we need, a, like, a knockdown three-point shooter?
0: Do you need a marksman?
1: I don't know if you need a marksman.
0: I mean, the spacing seems pretty good. Um, let me pull up NBA stats, and I'll show you where we are three-point-wise. But, like...
1: Like, I like my point would just be, we have Tob- Tobias, who can knock down threes, Batum, mm-hmm. Ken, Melton, Ken, Max, I think Tyrese very... is
0: your three-point shooter.
1: Yeah, but he's, a, he's bringing up the ball. I, I'm just wondering if we need, like, a pure shooter.
0: I mean... Hang on, let me let me go to the stats here first before I make a you know standing pot proclamation here about that.
1: Okay, so I just thought like we are a really good team, but maybe that's the piece that could take us to the next level.
0: I mean, I I would prioritize prioritize another playmaker over a three point shooter, just just off the top of my head. But if we're looking at three point percentage, the Sixers are. They're in the top ten for three point percentage and attempts per game. Oh yeah, we're actually kind of near the bottom of the NBA in terms of attempts per game. Yeah, we could probably use another three point shooter. Uh who you would get, that's a different question altogether. Uh who who's really available? And the thing is, whoever you get most yeah, I- likely will be a negative on defense. Yeah, uh, I don't could... think
1: there's anyone out there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a Luke lot of the maybe? These
0: days, if, if you if you want to try that.
1: That could be an option. I mean, yeah, like you said, a lot of the elite three point shooters are kind of not great at D. And who knows if there's any out there? I was just thinking because you brought up Korkmaz. I mean, he doesn't I don't know, he's playing point for four minutes, getting like the least amount of play, besides I mean, Mo Bamba. So yeah. he just needs a new, he just needs a new spot.
0: Yeah, he's he's been he's the second longest tenured player here in Philly. Kind of feels like that shouldn't be the case. Um, <clears throat> look, he's still young enough to where he could make a, a difference on a playoff team. I or different like like I said, you just need I think three point percentage we're fine, but volume is the issue here. Um, you know, I I heard that Alex Caruso is off the market, so can't really go yeah. for a guy like him. I don't know, man. We'll we'll have to wait and see.
1: All right, so let's get player of the game on this. I think it's pretty clear. It's Joel. Yeah. 41, 11. Four offensive the uh, four of the 11 are offensive, five assists, two steals. I mean, he went to the line 12 times, a little more aggressive. Yeah, definitely yeah. him.
0: So, I think we both agree that going. you know, playing off the theme of player of the game. We we both agree that You know, Joel is a top three candidate for MVP. He's probably not number one. That's probably still Jokic. So is he the clear-cut number two, or is there somebody ahead of him or somebody that could be ahead of him, in your opinion?
1: I think he's number one right now, and I'm trying not to be biased. I know Jokic is playing incredible, but just, like, if you're looking at – I know you got to do MVP as, like, a comparative award. You're comparing to the rest of the league. But if you're comparing individually, I think he's playing better than he did last year. Like, I mean, I agree. He is playing like, better, but test. I mean,
0: like Jokic was playing better last year than he had the pre- two previous years. Look, uh,
1: it's a tough. Well, call. I will say the way, you, yeah, the way you pose the question, I, I don't think there's someone edging him for two. If it's the if there's like, I think there's two candidates right now. Obviously, you have good options with Shea, Lucas playing fantastic, putting up crazy numbers. But I mean, i um, I think it's I think it's those two.
0: Yeah, I think it's those two too. But I, I, has there I, ever
1: been? Maybe we need Uriah, NBA historian. But has there ever been a MVP race where essentially they were one, two, four years in a row where two players were one, two? Uh,
0: yeah, actually, there is. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, I can think of at least one. It was a long time ago, but Bill Russell and uh, Will Chamberlain, they literally went back and forth every year. Okay. Yeah, that that would be one. Uh, let me think. Bird and magic. I, I was guess? gonna
1: say, I was gonna say maybe bird and magic. Um,
0: besides that, I'm trying to think stuff uh, you know Stefan no, LeBron's MVP runs were at different times. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, um Kobe didn't really have anybody consistently. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably Bird of Magic and uh, Wilt and Russell and now I guess you can say Joel and Jokic which puts the those two in pretty elite cate- uh, you know categories. That's that's that's, oh, that's yeah. definitely impressive. Um Yeah. Yeah, so I w- I would say those two. Uh Yeah, so now, Jonathan, it's the time I know you wanted to talk about this first, but we this is a Sixers podcast, and when possible, we got to talk about Sixers stuff first. But we it's time to talk about Draymond Green. Yeah. All right. So, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, he reports that Draymond Green is suspended indefinitely, and in there are criteria to meet before he can return to play. So, what is before we even get into anything like this? Does what is your, you know, let's talk about Did he deserve to be ejected or suspended What do you think About Jokic hitting him I mean yeah, hitting or- Jokic, sorry Everybody in your crew identifies As either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets Or McCrispy Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich All day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce That melty cheese, that pillowy bun Yeah, you get it Every time and if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Nurkic, yeah. Uh, so I when I was like first hearing about this, I heard Draymond's like post game before I saw the video, and I was like, okay, he said he was like trying to flop. I'd love to see what he's talking about because there was like tons of outrage, but I, I had heard Draymond's side first. This is like, this is almost less of a basketball play than him choking Rudy Gobert, and obviously that's like facetious. But like, it's insane. He turns around, basically looks him in the face, and slaps him. Like,
0: yeah, he, no he wallops him. It's like a wind-up and everything.
1: Yeah, no, this was not even remotely a basketball play. He was not trying to sell a foul, so he was just straight lying to the people in the presser. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I'm and, surprised yeah. none
0: of the Suns teammates tried to fight Draymond then and there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. And honestly, the just the – I love Nurkic in the postgame said, like, I'm glad he didn't put me in a headlock. Had a little humor with it. But, I mean, all day today, I had no clue what this could be. Like, could you suspend him, like, three games? Like, could you suspend him ten because of previous – it's indefinite, as you mentioned. Like, there's no set number of time, and he's going to – he needs to pass certain steps and criteria the NBA has set out before he can come back. He's going to have, like – it's being reported by Woj, too, that – uh, the GM of the Warriors and uh, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports are going to meet to discuss a path of counseling for Green to move forward. So Rich the Paul is
0: Green's put, agent, by the way.
1: Yeah, and the uh, league's not putting a specific number on the sp- suspension, but giving him time to deal with any challenges he might be going through. That, and that was something Nurkic said, like, I hope he figures out whatever he's going through with. <laughs> you know, if there's something off the court that's bothering him, I, I hope he, he figures it out. I, there's nothing being reported about that, but just like saying, hope all's good. But I mean, on the court, incredibly un-basketball play and definitely deserved the suspension, and I'm I'm glad that Adam Silver didn't go light and he's got this indefinite tag. What do you think?
0: Well, I don't love the indefinite tag, if I'm being honest. I would have liked at least a minimum, and then you can add the caveat on if he doesn't complete what we expect him to complete while he's suspended, then it can go on longer. Um, Look, I thought, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, if this was David Stern, let's let's go back. What would, say, David Stern do? W-W-D-S. What would David Stern do? D-S-D. So, <laughs> David Stern, this would have been a 20-game suspension by David Stern. At least. At least. At least. So, indefinite's nice, but Draymond needs to know that the NBA can survive without him. Because I think it's gotten to the point where he doesn't care if he gets suspended for one, two, five games. Not even during the playoffs where literally lost them a championship. Because he's going to do what he wants to do. He needs to have him make a wake-up call to wake up to reality type thing. So, like, he, he needs that. He needs that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if this works. Um, I'll say this. If he comes back and it happens again think he should be suspended for a whole
1: season I agree like that was even a conversation that so I'm a fan of listening to Tony Kornheiser and he said that he's like Adams like it he shouldn't he probably shouldn't have been suspended for the year but he said if you think that it's not even like if that's not been said as like a possibility pitched even if it's not being taken seriously like that has probably been discussed like a full season and I think you're right like David Stern would have probably entertain that a little more and if he does it again yeah he should be gone the whole season absolutely yeah these are two these are two of the most non-basketball plays I've ever seen in my entire life and they happen within two weeks of each other like it's insane
0: yeah it's not basketball he's not playing basketball it's I don't know what's going on with him it's it's like weirder than Ron like when Ron Artest hits somebody you know, he seemed pretty, like, you know what, he didn't, like, wave it (laughs) off, like, it it stuck with him for a minute, right? Yeah. And it doesn't feel like, it. like, Draymond, when he ran off the court after being ejected, like, did he look remorseful? He just kind of was like, no, no, he didn't. He doesn't care. He doesn't care, because in his head, he didn't do anything wrong. He even said that after, like, Steve Kerr's comments, he said, I, you know, I wasn't trying to hurt him. I was just trying to sell the call. There's no way that you try to sell a call on that. Like, if you try to sell a call, you get pushed over. Or, like, you know, you don't flail. You don't twist your body and throw your arms out and hit somebody in the face. And I'm really trying like, hard not to cuss right now. But, it, like, it's infuriating me that much.
1: He tur- He, like... Spun, turned around, made face-to-face contact, clearly long enough, and then like swung his hand and smacked him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. It was clear windup. It was. It was. It was methodical, and I don't know why he thinks he can keep on getting away with flailing his body parts around. Clearly, like it just doesn't make sense. Like he, no, and I don't he, know. He, if and he's so- like he's, he's not like a dumb player. He's a smart player. So I don't get it. I really don't.
1: I was gonna say, the one of the biggest like things that I saw being talked about all day today was if I don't know if you saw Clay Thompson's reaction.
0: Like, no, I didn't.
1: Right when it happened, there was like a like right after it, there was like a pan of the camera over to the bench, and Clay Thompson like made a face, essentially being like, "This again!" Like it, it was truly like like a like, gotta be clearly kidding. a dissatisfaction response, and it's like, I mean at this point are like his own teammates even being like, dude, you got to stop or like, dude, this is getting out of hand. Like if they're having this, I know they're already in disarray. So it's not like this is going to make them crumble anymore. But I mean, it, it's clear that like, even his teammates aren't even supporting him anymore.
0: It's hard to support somebody that keeps on making mistake after a mistake. And I mean, yeah, like, you know, it's like a family member. If you keep on seeing them hurt themselves, you can only support them so much before you start getting sick and tired of it.
1: Yeah, that, like, and that's what the league's thinking. That's what everyone else is thinking. It's like, you said it. The league doesn't need him. I think every player needs to, like, especially, like, that's what John Morant was going through, totally different thing. But it's, like, everyone's response is, you know the league doesn't need you. Like, there are so many talented people. They'll not, like – Maybe the league needs LeBron. That's about it. Like, And, and LeBron's going to leave one day, and they're still going to go on. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I think you're right. I think you and I are both just on the same page. Like this is clearly beyond – like it's not even a question. He should be suspended, and uh, hopefully he gets the help he needs, whatever that is, and hopefully he changes. But you, you really don't think he's going to – we've seen enough basketball of him at this point. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, Our... yeah, I was about to say –
1: it's that time. Any other – I mean this was definitely the big news around the NBA. We touched on it after the Sixers. But anything else going on in the league you want to touch on?
0: Well, let's, I'm, I'm looking up team stats right now. So give me a minute. You can go ahead and get started though if you well, want. Well, I would
1: just – yeah, I would just do like a little riff and say like the quick take obviously is the Pistons and the Spurs. When you extend your like streak – we talked about it before and I, yeah, I just updated it. The Pistons now have 21 straight. They're 2-22 and 22 after losing. So – Five more until they hit the Sixers record, which we are all at the Sixers sense really hoping for. That would be great to see. Uh, and the Spurs, 17. Uh, they lost again to the Lakers tonight. So they're 3-19, 17 straight. It's it's brutal to be the bottom of the league. You and I were talking – like when we were talking about the Wizards and you said they're 3-20 and after we beat – like after they lost tonight, I was like, man, that team is awful. And there are two worst teams in the league, man. Like it's crazy. The bottom of the NBA is so, so, so bad. And I don't think I've ever seen two teams this
0: bad. Well, let's let, on that same question. Let me, uh, the same th- uh, trail of thought. Let me ask you this Should the NBA really be considered expanding if the bottom of the barrel looks this bad?
1: I, that's a fair take, but
0: no, I, I mean, think... it's a question. It's not a take, it's a question I'm asking.
1: Oh, I mean, I think they should still consider expansion. Yeah. I mean, I think there's enough players that. Are good enough to fill out those rosters. I don't think it's like we're seeing poor performance night in and night out. I just think that, like when the Sixers were tanking, we knew they were tanking. Those lineups that were going on the floor were embarrassing. But like, I like the Spurs have Wembenyama. The Pistons got Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, one of the Thompson twins. Like they got talent, like young talent. So I don't think it should be a referendum on expansion. But I mean, dude, what do you think?
0: I mean it. You know, it should make the NBA pause, but at the end of the day, look, the NBA is primed and ready for expansion. Everybody wants teams in in Las Vegas and and Seattle, so I'm all for it. It'd be interesting how they restructure the league. You could, in theory, do... uh, Let's see here. You could do four divisions of four teams. Instead of three divisions of five, you could do four divisions of four. Yeah. Uh, you would probably have to bring Memphis or New Orleans to the east. I, I suspect Memphis, just geographically, that would make the most sense. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens there.
1: Yeah, I mean, so those are the two obvious things. I think that the Rockets continuing to roll, three game win streak they're in the 10 spot. I think they're going to continue to move up from that. I I don't think that we have anything to, like, I think they're going to be a team that surprises people. They're still playing the best defense in the league, only allowing 105 points per game. They're winning tonight, I believe. So they might be moving up. Um, and then Dallas Kyrie's out indefinitely. I know I'd said that I don't know how long that's going to last with, um, Kyrie and Luca, but when Kyrie's out, Luka continues to ball, and they're on a four-game win streak right now. I, I think that that's interesting to note. They are good this year. They have been better this year when they're both on the floor, but when uh, Luca's by himself, he still shows that he can do his thing. And, uh, and yeah, I think that the East is – Probably we're still looking at the magic, but I still think it's going to come down to a three-team race between Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. And I'm not as confident in the Bucks as I was at preseason. I think the Sixers are playing incredible. They have a 9.2 point point differential, which is the best in the NBA right now. Which yeah. I know this is other teams around the NBA, but that's just incredible. So I'm confident. I which I don't think I expected to be this confident before the season, but. I think things are going well, and hopefully, we can get some more games against the two worst teams to continue to bolster our stats. Um, but, yeah, what about you?
0: I mean, for me, I'm, I, I want to talk about the Utah Jazz, and I know there's oh. not much to talk about there, but let's let's just talk about them for a second. Okay, first off, uh-huh. how we market him, averaging pretty much the same what he did last year. He's averaging 20s, 20, essentially 24, 8 uh, points, pretty solid shooting. You know, forty-eight percent from the field, thirty-eight percent from the three-point line. Uh, I want to talk about the role players here. Um, John Collison doesn't appear to be the person we saw a few years ago. He's he's only averaging fourteen and eight. Uh, Colin Sexton, pretty good backup um, score guy off the bench. I I, I got to talk about Keontae George here. He's going to okay. make. If he keeps on playing like he's playing, he's gonna be making a first team all rookie team. He started twenty fifteen of his twenty three games, he's averaging eleven points, five assists. Now the shooting numbers are not great. Let's be clear. They're they're not. He's shooting thirty thirty six percent from the field and thirty two percent from the three point line, but I expect that to get better. But I Okay you know it's not going to happen this year and i don't think Col- collins john collins is going to be part of their future i think they're going to have to make a few changes of course they got a lot of draft picks coming their way too but i i like it i like the i like the idea of K- george and marketing as like your two pillars and walker kessler assuming he can get back to full form here in a little bit um you know, Kessler is averaging nine, eight, and five and a half, uh, two and a half blocks. Um, yeah, I, I think Utah has some building blocks. They have a solid young head coach. Um, we'll have to wait and
1: see. They were better last year, though, which is kind of confusing. Well,
0: you know why. And this is why I think we have underrated John uh, Mike Conley as a point guard. Because before the trade, he was having their offense running pretty smoothly. Since he's left, they've been pretty horrendous on as an offensive team. So I think Mike Conley made a real difference there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, look, giving the Utah Jazz a shout out—they don't get enough love, I guess.
0: Well, you know, you gotta Trying
1: sometimes to... sometimes
0: you gotta look at the teams that don't get a lot of love. You know, we we talk about they they're, they're, Let's be clear—they're still a rebuilding team. They're they're gonna get a high lottery pick.
1: Yeah, they and tried they to have Paul the, Reed yeah, from us.
0: They, yeah, uh, they tried to. Um, and you know, they still have they still have, all the picks from Minnesota and all the picks from you know uh, from the Cavaliers. So technically at some point, I suspect that they they will make a big home run trade at some point when I don't know, but it is probably gonna happen at some point. okay uh, that besides that, uh let's see, let me find an Eastern Conference team to do the shout out to.
1: Yeah, give uh, a give a thro- throw one out. I'll give you a quick side note though. Um, Mitchell Robinson's out, so the uh, net the Knicks have signed Taj Gibson.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Shout out, to- man! I remember when Taj Gibson came into the NBA and he was like a 26 year old rookie or some something like that. That was pretty crazy. Now he's probably like almost 40, if not 40, at this point. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. You know what? I I'll, I'll give some love to the Nets. Give okay. some love to the Nets. Look, um let's see, do they play do they play tonight? I don't think they do. Oh, no, they do. They're playing the Suns right now. Well, they they have, you know, they they could go either way. They can they they are the team with probably the most flexible future cuz they could keep the draft picks that they have and try to go young. They could try to they could uh, make a trade with the draft picks they have, or they can just full on tank trade a guy like Mikkel Bridges. Uh, you could get a, a couple first round picks for him. Yeah. Um, you know, just you know, maybe trade Nick Claxton or, or they can't trade Ben Simmons, but maybe maybe trade like they could rebuild, they could try to add on. They they have a lot of options here. And shout out to Cam Thomas, averaging twenty-three points per game. Now I think he struggled a bit since coming back from injury, but he like like look the um, you know Mikkel Bridges is also averaging twenty three as well. Uh, Looking at the stat, hang on, I gotta look at the game log here, not the stats.
1: Okay, dude, I've told you before the Nets have impressively kept a lot of their games close.
0: So before when he came back, since he's come back from the injury, he's really struggled shooting outside of the first game he's returned from. But, like, I expect Cam Thomas to get better. But, like, look, Cam Thomas could be a really fun option for a lot of teams. So, it'll be interesting to see what the Nets do. But, yeah, those are my two shout-outs. I think it's time that we can go ahead and wrap things up unless you want to add anything else.
1: No. I I told you before, I think the Nets play extremely hard. They keep games close. Good for them. But, yeah, you know – Nets and Jazz, if any fans are listening, which I definitely think they are, give it a little shot. <laughs> um, so, yes, as always, we appreciate everyone listening to the Sixer Cents podcast. We're coming up end of the year, so holiday season. So wishing everyone happy holidays, obviously. And thank you for listening to this podcast. You can listen to us on the, on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And please continue to read or write-over at the Sixer Cents. Lots of articles going up. And until next time, go Sixers.
0: Two six.